Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 63. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Damon. Is finally C2E2 weekend. All right, man. I am excited? excited to go. But I did some stuff. What do you mean? I, well, first I bought a shirt. Okay. You know, so that, you know, people can identify that we're the Amazing Nerd Show. Okay. I thought you did something wrong the way you started. <laughs> Are you wanted by the law, Christian? Yes. I am wanted by the law. So you bought a shirt. Yes, but then I also went ahead and made this. What is that? <laughs> Holy shit. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yes, I am completely out of my mind. Oh, Christian. I've been waiting to like <laughs> debut this on mic so that we can get a general literally reaction. has an amazing nerd show title. That's insane. That's my face. Yes, it is your on face. On a title. Oh my god. Are you out of your fucking mind? How much don't did you worry. spend on that? Uh, this is the cheap version. <laughs> well, don't say that on mic. It still looks fucking good, though, man. Jesus Christ, man. You give this guy a little money, you just get your tax return? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Awesome. So, what's the deal now? Well, now I can have cosplayers and celebrities hold the title, take pictures with the title, do stuff. We're gonna we're gonna start going to conventions with this title, and we're gonna start making it more prestigious. That's right. You find Christian with the title and take a fucking picture, post it on your social media. Exactly. You know, um, that's awesome, man. Damn right, you're gonna have people fucking post that title. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Can I hold the title? Yes. Go ahead, man. It's our title. This is awesome, man. <laughs> This is really fucking badass. How cool is that? And that wow. exactly is why I wanted you to send me that logo. I see. I'm, and I never did. <laughs> <laughs> this is phenomenal, though. Awesome. And we'll definitely have to take a picture of the title before. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to take some pictures. Um, anyone listening, you can go on our Instagram right now. You'll probably be able to see it. Awesome. All right, man. Otherwise... Uh, Come find me at a convention. I'm going to be at C2E2. I'm going to ASIN this year, uh, Anime Central. Uh, and then I'm going to I'm going to go to Combo Breaker, which is the next weekend after ASIN. And then you'll see me at RTX. You fucking squirrely son of a bitch. That's what you're doing <laughs> that time. He was being really secretive like, this past <laughs> week about shit. I'd ask him, what are you doing? And you're like, I, I can't tell you. All right. I was that like, thing fingerprints I, I was... heavy, so I need to get wipes. That's all right. <laughs> it still looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wow, we have our own title. Yes. <laughs> Officially. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, what the fuck else is going on? I feel like the show could end now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot of news to get into. I guess. All right. Um, yeah, first, it's finally over. Yes. The Marvel Fox merger is complete. We've literally been talking about it for two years Let, now. Let's, 
the Disney Fox merger. Because Disney, they're, they're owning Disney. everything. <laughs> it's for us, obviously, you could tell by the way we phrased it. It's yes. our perspective. All we're worried about <laughs> is what it means for the MCU. But you're right. Yes, now Disney owns Alien. Disney owns Predator. Um, what the hell else is there? I have everything. The Simpsons, Family Guy. It's just it's insane. Yes, it's crazy. Well, this hits that market for them, that adult market that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, and it seems like they're going to, I think we talked about it before, they're going to be keeping Fox as like a namesake mm-hmm. for almost like this, you know, sub, you know, group that they're going to be running where a sub studio, if you will. So they can sit there and have their rated R films and they don't need to have, you know, Cinderella's castle pop exactly. up, you know, before the film starts. And uh, speaking of keeping their rated R films, they're only seeming to keep one from the X-Men franchise, and that would be Deadpool. Oh, I'm touching myself tonight. Well, well yes, they're going to not, they're not bothering doing a reboot mm. with, you know, Deadpool. Deadpool will be the only one that will continue on in its, you know, form right now that you know it's not going to change that recasting you know deadpool it's going to be ryan reynolds and they're going to keep that continuity which only makes sense because we've discussed it you know before where there's no reason to Mm -hmm. with the way that the second film ended they could totally just act like you know wade screwed up the time screen you know they could totally actually make it seem like Wade is the reason why the MCU exists. You know because of him fucking around. Yes. So I mean it's it's perfect fit honestly. <laughs> so um but yeah no um what are you most excited about with the merger? I think I'm extremely excited to see what they'll do with Doom. Uh, what they'll do with any Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Yes. yes. Sorry. <laughs> not, not the video. Game. Not the video game. Um. I mean, it's, it's mostly focusing on Fantastic Four villains and yes. uh, X-Men <laughs> characters, you know, at this point. So, because I feel like, I feel like obviously the X-Men are, you know, that's going to be kind of their focal point right now. Mm. But I, I also feel like Fantastic Four is not too far off in the distant future. No, and it Fantastic Four would really fit in the MCU. Totally, like, as that, like group that um almost family group that they want to build together just a small team Mm -hmm. and that's how i picture a lot of what's going to be going forward with um, the mcu in general is that we're going to get a lot more small teams as well to then build into a bigger team it's kind of like a little like we have these road bumps where it's like um little um conjoinments of these teams and then we get to the bigger film yeah pretty much what they're doing right now but yes you i mean I mean, Reed and Sue were actually part of the Avengers at mm-hmm. one point. So, and I mean, the thing's been part of the Avengers. And I guess even the Human Torch technically was part of the Avengers with the Uncanny Avengers. So, I mean, it all works. Those characters, you know, have been part of the Avengers in the past. So, why not? Um, you know, I mean, even if it's just a crossover where they're not officially part of the Avengers, it still works. Where you mm-hmm. just have a giant event movie. Like... A secret wars or something like that you know which i still feel like would be i don't know the most fun way to kind of introduce all these new characters into the mcu it would totally make sense and i believe the russos even teased secret wars at one point during a video where they were kind of like saying that no you know right now after 
everything, you know, with Avengers Endgame, they're going to be taking a break and you probably wouldn't hear from them until Secret Wars, you know, and then they left. But Damon, the scrolls are good guys. <laughs> those scrolls were good guys. It doesn't mean all the scrolls True. were good guys. And those so. were in the 90s. They could have all grown exactly. up to be assholes. Exactly. They, have a, exactly. they have a chip on their shoulder after being Never enslaved touch, by the Kree. Yeah, exa- Never trust a fucking scroll. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So, but, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, I gotta say, obviously the X-Men are probably the thing I'm most excited mm-hmm. for, um, you know, and just the villains, it just opens up the MCU to so many great villains now, you know, that were kind of held captive by Fox yeah. to be dramatic. Um, you know, Dr. Doom, all the X-Villains, you know, Magneto, I mean, it just, we've never seen, you know, Mr. Sinister on film. I feel like that's just an untapped villain that mm-hmm. really deserves to be, you know, on film. So, yeah, it's an exciting time. We'll see what happens. I expect announcements sooner than later, honestly. I was actually surprised we didn't start getting announcements, like, right at yeah. night when the deal was finalized. <laughs> I'm, sure, so. I'm sure something big will come soon because they want to get away from any type of negative press from like you know the the loss of employees of uh, Fox right now and everything mm-hmm. so yeah no and that's unfortunate but mm-hmm. that happens with any kind of business accusation you know so um it is what it is unfortunately so but yeah yeah um it is a crazy time to be a nerd yes. so well speaking of being crazy times for a nerd you're going to get uh James Gunn on both ends of DC and Marvel at this point cuz he's back Kumbaya, right? (laughs) We can all get along. So James Gunn is back as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yes. So, and rightfully so. They gave Batista what he wants. (laughs) What he really, really wants. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, so it feels like from everything that has been kind of leaking out since they made this announcement, it sounds like they weren't really Mm -hmm. searching for a director. So, like, all these, like, stories have been popping up now that they're just kind of, like, holding idle to kind of, you know, kind of weigh out the storm, it feels like. I can see that. Which I understand, Mm -hmm. you know, so this might have just been a huge ploy to, like, just really kind of read the public reaction. And obviously there was, it was almost the opposite reaction than you were kind of expecting, you know, um, where it seemed like more people were upset that they fired him than, you know, what his initial, you know, infraction was, um, you know, so it, it just, I don't know, it, it makes a DC was very quickly to hire him, mm-hmm. which I think we all kind of predicted, um, you know, and speaking of which, though, it seems like even with everything, we're still going to get that Suicide Squad movie first before everything, you know, before mm-hmm. Guardians, you know, because we do have the script, um, but the Suicide Squad movie is going to end up being a straight reboot, from what I'm hearing. So, um, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm fine with it. You know, the first movie isn't going to be, like, this big hit that everyone remembers for on and on. So, I... I, I yeah, I think everyone's kind of, like, so-so on it. Exactly. They like elements about it, but, you know, as a movie, everyone's just kind of like, eh. It, it sounds like they're already going to keep the elements that we liked. So. Yes, which is Harley you know Quinn. Harley Quinn and Deadshot <laughs> and everything else. It's like okay, let's just pretend the first movie didn't really happen, mm-hmm. you know. Or it'll probably be a thing where they just don't mention it at all. You know, they don't really need it for the story at all. No. 
So, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, you know, and it really gives James, you know, kind of room to play. So, um, and make it his own thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm excited that he's, you know, back on with Guardians, because um, I feel like it's only rightfully so. I couldn't imagine who would actually, you know, be able to kind of close that story out, um, you know, and now they also have him, you know, as a resource for, you know, movies like Avengers Endgame, because we know he took a big part in Infinity War. So that was something that we were also talking about was a major hit to them because we know that they were using him. Because a lot of, I believe, a lot of the scenes in Infinity War, you know, that involved the Guardians, you know, they used him, you know, kind of just as a reference, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, how would this character say this, you know? I don't know if he was actually, like, writing, you know, (laughs) for them, but it didn't feel like those characters missed a beat at all. No. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we can all get along. Though. Yes. So, and it didn't turn off Marvel that he was working for DC. No, so. I don't think they care. No, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they really see DC as like, you know, serious competition. Is that, that's not a slight mm-hmm. to DC, but they know that the market's big enough where we can all make money. It doesn't really matter. Yes. <laughs> You know, these nerds are going to come see our movies regardless. We're the only ones fighting at this point. Exactly, exactly. They don't care. They're (laughs) laughing all the way to the fucking bank. Speaking of DC, we got some Batman news. Uh, Matt Reeves' production is going to actually be starting in December, which I was surprised by because I didn't think they were that close. You know, it felt like they're still working on the mm-hmm. scripts and, you know, kind of getting all their ducks in a row. But but when I think Gotham and I think Batman, I immediately think wintertime, you know, so I can imagine that's that's my... Do you think that's what they're going to go with? Do you think it's going to be kind of like a winter-like backdrop? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. I could see that. I mean, that'd be interesting. We, I mean, I guess we saw it with Batman Returns, yeah. right? <laughs> so production's going to start in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be set in the 90s. Hmm. Do you think that's enough time for our new Joker to still be around? I, I'm not going to lie. I did think about that because <laughs> that takes place in the 80s. Yes. So, yeah, why not? Um, do you want that, though? I don't need it. But it'd be an interesting... Like, if people love that character and the way he does it so mm. well, like, why then why not? not you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do I need the Batman's first film to be the Joker... I just feel like they just need to just not worry about tying everything together yes. right now. That's what got them in trouble in the first place. You know, just make good fucking movies. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that happens to work out down the line, great. But right now, let's just concentrate on this movie before we start thinking about, like, a big picture. You know, this shared universe, you know, bullshit. Cause I wonder what just... angle we'll see the pros fall this time. <laughs> Do you think they go straight origin? No, but I feel like we're going to get that shot either way. I haven't in some kind see. of flashback yeah. or something, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I don't need a retelling of the origin mm-hmm. again. You know, and it's supposed to be this detective story, which I like, and I feel like we haven't really seen the detective side of Batman on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just been kind of like you know a crazy fucking gadget loving badass. You know, right now. So I would love to see that, like, noir detective, you know, character that, you know, we got in, like, Long Halloween, you know, on screen. I think that would be a great take. Mm-hmm. And something different and fresh for the movie-going audience. So, 
Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's exciting news. Um, we also got a release date for Annabelle. Um, it is going to be June 28th, and the title of the movie is Annabelle Comes Home. So, and I'm sure that's just referencing the fact that yes. it's going to involve the Warrens now. So, uh, no trailer yet, but I feel like one's going to follow mm-hmm. shortly. Um, usually. It'd be interesting if one came out with Get Us. Or Get Us. Get Us! <laughs> Jesus, I've mixed Get Out and Get in Us. Wow. All right. Um, no, with with us tomorrow night, or as you listen to exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe you're listening to us on the way to the film. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and we will definitely be reviewing that movie. Mm, I'm going tomorrow. Right. Uh, next week. So stay tuned. Um, yeah. So I'm sure we'll be getting a trailer or teaser, you know, shortly. Yeah. Maybe with us, maybe with pet cemetery. Yes. Which speaking of which surprisingly so, and uh, maybe for me, it's getting like rave reviews. So it was featured South by Southwest. Um, and people are, you know, praising it big time. So it's good news for Mm -hmm. the horror community. Yeah, I I think our reactions to the last trailer were kind of... I definitely had my reservations with Mm -hmm. it because, I mean, it it obviously seemed to kind of drift away from the original story um, and not the way that I was kind of expecting it where I thought, okay, well, maybe they'll freshen it up by, you know, exploring more of the book, you know, things that they left out in the first movie. Um, But they say that, yes, it does, you know, kind of, do its own thing um but there's definitely you know some major plot points that stay in the movie but they change it up enough to keep it fresh and new and you know keep the audience guessing so and it's supposed to be truly terrifying um it's by the directors who brought you starry eyes which if you have not seen starry eyes definitely check that movie out um it's a great like art house horror movie that came out a couple years ago um but movie's just fucking brutal and you know just will give you an insight about like you know who these directors are so um but i'm excited for the movie again i really was because i definitely after that second trailer i was just kind of like ah, i feel mm-hmm. like i've seen this kind of remake before and it's just like not what i like you know when mm-hmm. you know, i don't hate remakes but it just felt like everything that i don't like you know about you know modern day remakes yeah. where they're just you know Doing things differently just to do things differently, like shuffling the deck just to be different and keep the audience guessing, but like sacrificing the story at the same time. I also felt the trailer showed you a lot. So hopefully that's not the case. And, you know, it sounds like it wasn't. So we'll see. We'll see. We're going to hate the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know myself way too well, so... (laughs) We're coming upon it pretty fast. Yes, yes. It is, right? Early April? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of movies we need to see. All right, so we got some awesome news also on the horror front. Uh, Park Chan-wook, uh, the director of Old Boy and Thirst, is teaming up with Craig Zeller, um, who was the writer and director of Bone Tomahawk and Brawl in Cell Block 99. If you haven't seen any of those movies, check them all out. Do it this weekend after you see us phenomenal movies they're both like brutal filmmakers um you know they don't leave much the imagination so those two guys like teaming up i can't even imagine what they're gonna come up with um they are getting together and they're doing a western called brigands of rattle creek um and we got a synopsis already of the movie um the film follows a sheriff and doctor 
who seek revenge against a group of bandits who use the cover of a torrential thunderstorm to rob and terrorize the occupants of a small town. So um, it sounds like um, Matthew McConaughey is actually being courted to star in the film. So I just, that's just a cocktail of awesomeness, mm -hmm. you know, um, for my fandom. So I, I'm really excited to see what, you know, comes of this. Um, but yeah, and it's actually, I think it's being picked up by Amazon. So, I mean, they did Suspiria this year. Um, I believe it also did Mandy. So it feels like they're really tapping into like the horror genre big time. And why not? I mean, it's a great genre mm -hmm. and I feel like it's just an instant money maker. Oh, you know? at this point. Yes, right. And I mean, you can, with horror movies, you know, it, you don't have to spend a billion dollars to no. make a good fucking horror movie. <laughs> So why not, you know? And they know fucking horror hounds like myself will, you know, give them all their money. Like, I'm streaming it. I'm fucking <laughs> buying the Blu-ray. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm re I was really excited by that news. So speaking of awesome news, there is actually some Star Wars news this week. Yes, we have the Game of Thrones uh, filmmakers going to get their own trilogy. Yes, yes, and it, we we knew about that before. Although I thought it was a TV show at first, and then I think it was I think it was either it was going to go either way. I think there's this is finally like they're deciding what yes. that's going to really turn out to be at this point. Yes, and they're talking about it focusing on the Old Republic, which you know a lot about from the video games. Yeah, fuck yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So right now it seems like they're going ahead and they're going to they could possibly start filming in fall. So. Mm -hmm. They're obviously much further along, once again, than I thought they were, you know, much like the Batman uh, movie. So, um, yeah, we're going to be getting more Star Wars. How do you feel about that? Do you, have just, any, do you feel like it's too much? Not if it's something that's completely different. Because the Old Republic is such, on a such larger scale of what we had with the um, with the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. I mean, those were such a... It, those almost make it feel like such a smaller universe and it actually is and the game of thrones guys they know how to exactly. do scale so it's almost a and man fit. is there cutthroat shit in the old republic really yes it's just you know because the whole thing about sith and everything was they're killing their masters it becomes this whole trend of like hey i'm going to train you and train you and train you and then i'm just you're going to kill me at some point and they know this it's like there's all these different elements going in with that it's like do i kill my apprentice before he kills me and I just I, I usually play on the Sith side, so that's why I'm mostly focused on that <laughs> part of the story. But... And that's because you're a dark, soulless person. So hey, I, you know I, I am who I am. That's who I'd be playing. With, <laughs> so I get it. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. It's so lots of politics and mm. intrigue mixed in mixed with the, the whole massive wars. It sounds like mm. games of fucking thrones. Exactly. So. <laughs> So, I mean, that's awesome news. I mean, I where I come from, it's like, I want more. So, I'm just that kind of nerd where I just want more, give mm. me more content. So, I'm good with it. So I feel like there's well. no such... Yeah, exactly. There's, if it's good, I don't care. Give me a movie every fucking year. I don't care. As long as it's good, it doesn't matter to me. You know, there's no such thing as over overexposure, like, of a good thing, mm -hmm. you know, in my book. So, I mean, if it's something that, you know, is well done, well crafted, and they actually put some fucking thought into it, why not? You know, 
Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what people are complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd shut up and stop ruining for the rest of us. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, we also got some news out of the Mandalorian. So it sounds like Taika Waititi from Thor Ragnarok fame um, is going to be voicing a droid on the Mandalorian. Um, we're not sure what droid, mm-hmm. although he's pictured um, As in a... front of the video screen of IG-88. Um, yeah. So uh, that, that I can't even begin to picture what that would be like. <laughs> Well, when you mention Thor Ragnarok, now I'm automatically thinking of, like, the rock guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking sass and kind of, I, I don't know. It that dry feel. sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. I think it could be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean... It could be fun, but at the same time, I've, you know, I look at, um, I keep wanting to say L3. It's IG-88 mm-hmm. as um, more of a badass type. So, I don't know. But we really haven't seen it. Besides, exactly. like, in the, like... And novelizations and and shit like that. Yeah, but but he's never really had a voice before, correct? Not really. Just like very like robotic if they did anything Mm -hmm. with his voice. So could be fun, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just excited that this shit is coming out soon. Mm -hmm. So I believe it's October, which is crazy. You know, we should be probably getting a trailer for that soon. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Content, it's just getting better. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is, but it wants all of my money. <laughs> um, speaking of which, cue the Terminator music, Christian. Dun, 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 dun. No, I actually want the cue. Yes, I <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We actually have a official title for the next Terminator movie. Do you care, Christian? Not really. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate. Um, and this is going to be produced by James Cameron. He's back in the fold. Um, and it is going to be directed by Tim Miller of Deadpool fame. Um, he directed the original Deadpool movie. So um, usually that'd be enough to get me excited. But I just don't care about the Terminator movies anymore. I, I feel, I mean, I don't, I haven't been even keeping track of them. There's been so many, like, I feel like, like, I don't if know. If they're sub- all soft reboots? Yes, like soft reboots and like sequels, but then they're asking you forget about, oh, forget about that other sequel and, you know, we're re- we're starting it over here mm. and I, I don't, I just don't care. Sure, I don't know where are we at this point. What, what are they going to give me to be excited in this film? And what time period am I going to be in? What am I going to be seeing? I just don't. We saw that badass picture of Linda Hamilton. You know, fuck it. I mean, ripped at like, she's got to be like in her mid sixties mm-hmm. at this point, um, which was cool. But I don't know, man. I don't know if that's enough to bring me to the theater. And are we gonna go Schwarzenegger again? Is is Arnold part of this? Most. I likely. think that's the problem is they keep on focusing on Arnold, and they need to. They've never truly and they keep writing him. in ex- explanations for why he's so old. Yeah, it just doesn't. <laughs> well, and then why aren't you getting your hands on the fucking Marvel de aging, you know, tech at this point? Well, they made a good um, in Salvation. They have a good, pretty de aging. Is it the uh, Bale? Yeah, the Bale movie. I mm-hmm. think that's the last one I saw was the Bale version, and that was just subpar at best. <laughs> Just Bale screaming at people in the middle of that movie. So, 
I don't know, man. I just, I just, I have, I find it very hard to care mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. You know, just reboot it. Do a hard reboot, you know, in like five, ten years. You know, once the bad taste of all these movies are out of people's mouths, start over again. Recast the whole I would watch thing. a hard reboot of Terminator. Yeah. You know, and I think it's primed for it at this mm. point. That so. and The Matrix, I think, need a hard reboot. The Matrix, huh? I could see that. You know, you definitely want to forget about the sequels, that's for sure. So I'm one of the few people in the world that actually enjoy the sequels. You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. I feel like that's a whole episode right there. <laughs> Me just yelling at you for liking the Matrix sequels. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on before I just blow a gasket. Uh, <laughs> Damn, so, let's talk about something that you are excited about. Yes. Uh, a possible Angel reunion? Was kind of like floated out there. Maybe um, this might have just been clickbait. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a report this week um, that David Borzine. I don't even know how to say his fucking name. Um, but I was more of a Spike guy. If you have to know, Christian. I know okay. you're wondering. Okay. Yeah, sure. Spike is Buffy's true love. Even if she doesn't realize it. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But I did enjoy the Angel show. I thought it was a fantastic series, completely underrated. Um, so he floated out there that it's actually the 20th anniversary of the show, you know, this fall. And that there's possibly a project in the works right now, which tells you what? There's a project in the, the works, works right now. So especially since the fall's only like four months away. I'm surprised they're not doing a Buffy project. They are. They're doing a. Oh. They're rebooting it. I think we probably talked. Yeah, about we that. did talk about it. They are. It was a while ago, so <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I I'm excited for this. I don't know exactly what the project is. I don't know. It could just be some magazine shoot or something like that. Buffy did one um, for their anniversary mm-hmm. a year ago, so it could just be something like that. I hope not. Maybe it's just like a you know a Netflix movie or something like that. I don't know. So, but Angel was a great show, and I it gets kind of overshadowed by Buffy because Buffy was fucking awesome. But um, Angel really pushed all the right buttons for me, mm. you know. And I think it's really overlooked a lot of times, um, and especially if it involves Spike, I'm all for it. So I'm honestly surprised that they haven't done like um, what they did with Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is when they made the Netflix almost like CW teen drama version. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Buffy and everything. Like, I'm surprised that that property hasn't been picked you up. You mean make it like kind of like a darker version? Like reboot of and make it darker and reboot it. Pretty yeah. Much. I mean, Buffy was dark at times. Mm. So, but I could see them going that route with the reboot. So we'll see what they have in store. I know fans right away were pissed off about it, but like Joss is involved, you know, I mean, it has the blessings of everyone who was part of the original cast um, I understand, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know, isn't going to be Buffy. Like, she can't play that role. Um, but maybe even... I wouldn't mind to see them, like, doing a situation where it's kind of like Buffy, like, passing the torch mm-hmm. on to, like, a new Slayer. Where she's kind of training or she's almost, you know, in that role of the Watcher now. I think that would have been fun to see. But I also understand why they would want to do just a hard reboot also. 
So, because I think that just her presence might overshadow any, you know, anyone new, yeah. you know, on the screen. So, um, but give me more Buffy. Give me, it's, they're great stories. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite TV series of all time. So, and Angel, like I said, Angel's a fucking damn good series. So, you know, give me more Angel too. Well, uh, speaking of series, uh, we had some trailers come out. Uh, one for Stranger Things. Yes. What were your thoughts on this? Um, I enjoy that they're embracing that they're actually getting older rather than yes. trying to force them <laughs> to be these kids. That's that was my first like, trying to hide comedy. like awkward voice changes uh-huh. and shit. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be weird. Um, yeah, I thought the trailer looked great. Um, it seems like they're giving something fresh and mm-hmm. new. You know, because I was wondering on. like where do you go from here. Other than like dealing with her psychic abilities, where seems like the say? answer's the mall. Exactly, <laughs> they're going straight to the fucking mall. So, um, yeah, like we're seeing these kids all grown up, you mm-hmm. know, like you know, you know, getting jobs, you know, becoming teenagers. Um, you know, it seems like they're introducing some new characters. You know, I mean, the trailer was your typical kind of you know first trailer where you're getting like a lot of quick cuts and everything of different characters and different situations. So it's hard to really piece together what the fuck is happening. Um, but I, I thought visually it was stunning mm-hmm. in parts. I was like, okay, they've really like, you know, poured some money into this now. So, um, you know, and then the creature that they showed at the end, I thought looked phenomenal. Um, I really, it looked like it was something out of like um, John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm-hmm. So I, and It really showed you how far they've come from the first season with just that monster alone. Yes. Yes, because that is something, like, I mean, the monster was okay, but you could tell it was, you know, mm. something that was, I don't know, it was a lower budget. Yes, you know, the lights creation. were flickering for a reason. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which, you know what, as, you know, a horror fan and everything like that, I don't need to see everything, so I understand, but yeah, you could definitely tell mm. it was a lower budget production. So, but I mean, it was effective. It was still effective, so. But this was definitely, like, a clear fucking shot of this hideous fucking beast. So, um, I'm just happy to see the story continue on. Um, I enjoyed the second season a lot, so I want to see where we're going. Yes. You know, um, we didn't see anything of Eleven's sister that we were no. introduced to. Um, how did that make you feel? I mean, we still, obviously there's still a chance mm. that she will pop up, you know, that whole crew. Um, oh, there's a, there's a clear significant time jump. That they're going for here, and it's supposed to. It seems like it's rotating around. Uh, obviously, it's premiering the Fourth of July, but they always seem to premiere it when the show is actually supposed to be taking place. Mm-hmm. It's, I believe, it's supposed to be like nineteen eighty five, Fourth of July. Um, there's a carnival going on. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I want to. I, I was. I wouldn't be surprised if we get an episode or two with her. Oh yeah, in it. You know, they'll address it. You know. That was so. a big part of the second season. It was, it was. And I enjoyed that part. I, mm. I, did. I was, though, at the same time, I didn't want to go too deep that route, you know? So, um, do we feel like they're moving past, like, the upside down? Or do you feel like it's just all going to be really tied to what's, you know... I feel like it will find its way back to wise. the upside down, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we'll find out. I'm sure we'll get more, you know, teasers and trailers. We'll definitely be talking more about the next trailer comes out. Yes, right. Speaking of anticipated trailers, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got its first trailer. 
So, Rick, uh, explain to the audience exactly what it is a stunt double does. Actors are required to do a, a lot of dangerous stuff. <laughs> Cliff here is meant to help carry the load. Is that uh, how you describe your job, Cliff? What, carrying his load? Yeah, it's about right. Uh, I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, and this checked all the boxes for me. Um, I have no idea what the fuck is going on <laughs> in this trailer. <laughs> You're not meant to. No, no, but it was like, this is a Tarantino movie, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, basically, this movie's starring everyone, you know, everyone that you care about. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ever done a movie? We got El Pacino, Margaret Robbie, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Brad Pitt. I mean, everyone is in this fucking movie. I mean, all the, you know, staples of, you know, Tarantino movies are in this. Michael Madsen, um, Tim Roth. So, um, Kurt Russell's fucking in this movie. Um, but yeah, no, I, God, man, I, I, I just don't want him to stop making movies. I know there was a rumor for a while that there was a chance, like, there'd only be a couple more movies coming out. I don't know if that's still the case, but, you know, I know it takes him a long time to do these films, but... Well, reasonable. Yeah, well, I don't know, but compared to other directors, I feel like it's a, it takes a little bit of time. So there's some distance between Kill Bill and Inglorious Bastards. So I, I feel like there's always like a three or four year period mm-hmm. in between movies for him. Which isn't bad because he puts out quality. That's all I want. So I, I'm willing to wait. So and uh, he still has he's supposed to be doing a Star Trek movie, so yes. so And there's still rumors of that Kill Bill three where it's the daughter. Give me both. <laughs> <laughs> They absolutely have to make that movie. Mm-hmm. It only makes sense, right? They <laughs> uh-huh. have to make that fucking movie. So, um, but thoughts on the trailer? Um, I think it's visually stunning. Don't, as you said, don't know what's going on. No, um, right away the music hits, and yes. you're like, "Oh, this is a Tarantino movie." Absolutely. <laughs> Even though I've never heard that song before, I was you like, could you could obviously see all the actors are definitely giving it full great performance. Like immediately when I saw Leo at the end, that last moment that. Gave me the same feeling that I had for Django, his performance in there. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm just really like curious because it's supposed to like revolve around like the Manson family murders. Mm-hmm. So I want to see how everything like ties in. Like, is that just in the backdrop, or is that going to be like the main focus of the movie? Like, I have no clue at this point. And I like that we're not going to really probably know until we oh, yeah. see the film. So, um, If I had to guess, it's probably glamour on top of what's actually happening, which is the murders. Mm-hmm. So, Like somehow maybe they're involved with, you know, just kind of like, I don't know. Like Either involved periphery. or like they don't understand what's going on because they're so wrapped up in the ways of Hollywood. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, kind of like how, have you ever seen, was it the Summer of, some Summer of Sam? Have you ever seen Summer of Sam? I don't think so. Okay. So Summer of Sam um, took place, you know, during the whole Son of Sam murders. Um, and they used that as kind of a backdrop for, mm-hmm. you know, telling the story of this like, these, you know, kids um, in New York. So it feels like it could kind of go that route, but who the fuck knows? But Tarantino does. <laughs> I'm just glad that we're going to get this movie sooner than later. It's coming mm-hmm. out in July, so it's crazy. Another movie coming out this summer is uh, John Wick 3, Parabellum. Our service is still off limits to me. What do you need? 
guns. Lots of guns. You think you can take John Wick? You've got a nasty surprise coming. And we got a trailer this yes. week. Another trailer. People are just dropping trailers left and right this week. Um, <laughs> I have not seen the first two fucking John Wick movies. But you're signed on now, aren't you? Yes. I am <laughs> I am currently looking for... I'm sure there's a double disc Blu-ray out there mm-hmm. so with my name on it. So I will definitely be picking that up. Because this sold me on the whole fucking franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's one of those movies where I just never got around to see. I heard they're awesome. The trailers looked okay to me, um, but like this trailer looks phenomenal. I was like, I need to know more about this. Mm-hmm. This needs to be part of my life. So I will be sitting down one of these weekends and you know watching those movies back to back, preparing to see three in the theaters. That's something. Well, they give you like just enough of the universe where it's not like they're over explaining. They're not giving you like. You know, oh, this is the reason, this is this, and this, and this. And this seems like this is diving more yes. into that universe. Um, and I just love a good revenge movie, you know? So, mm-hmm. I'm all about this, you know? And I know the violence and the action is supposed to be, like, top level, like, next level mm-hmm. shit. So, you know. The knife throwing scene in that trailer was awesome. Yes, where the guy's laying on the ground yes. and he just keeps on fucking throwing <laughs> those knives at him. Or just all the shit on the fucking... What, is he on a horse? Yes. Yeah, he's on a horse and he's being chased by a fucking like, biker gang. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. This is like my 13-year-old dreams come true. <laughs> well, they do a lot of um, what's comparing him to death itself. So. Okay. It makes okay. sense that he's riding, you know. Oh, nice. Good imagery. Okay. All right. Um, is this directed by the same guy who did the first two movies? Uh, yeah, it's by uh, Chad Stilzowski. Trying to say his sure. last name. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that kind of continuity where he mm-hmm. can kind of build upon this world and everything like that. And he's going to honor everything. And, you know, he obviously has a clear vision. You yes. Know? Um, so. The thing I, is that they keep announcing that they want to do TV shows with this. I'm not interested, personally. Um, they want to explore the world and add, like, put a different series. Let me get on. back to you. I have to see the exactly. first two movies first. Because, <laughs> <laughs> once again, I'm a greedy kind of nerd where I just want more. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I could see that kind of, like, genre working as a TV series. Um, almost like an anthology type deal. Where you could get get it in that sense, I could get it, but but you're feeling like less is more Mm -hmm. with this, okay? And are you going to be able to keep the quality up? Yeah, especially when there's supposed to be there's crazy stunt work in this. So, um, I don't know, um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's like I said, it's a good time to be a nerd. There's a lot of fucking awesome shit coming out this year. So, um, and we like previewed it all, what, like five episodes ago? Uh huh. So, so check, check out, that. check that out <laughs> to hear more in depth, um, you know, talk about these movies. So, right now we're just kind of drooling over everything. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's going to do it for news. Beyond Our- that, um, recently I just was, you know, I was looking for something to watch and I just happened to be on Netflix. And an animated series came out called Love, Death, and Robots. Now, did you hear anything about this beforehand? Nothing. Because I didn't hear shit about it. And it would, like, like you, <laughs> all of a sudden it popped up on mm. my, like, as like a recommendation. 
for me because, of course, love death and robots. Yeah. Uh, I was watching a documentary and it popped up at the end and it was just... Is it love death or is it sex death and No, robots? it's love death and robots. Okay, okay. But there is a lot of sex. Dirty mind. <laughs> <laughs> so you watched it? Yeah, I we binge straight through it. Wow, how many episodes? There's 18, but it's all like 10 to maybe 15 minutes. Um, shorts and it's also it's kind of like an anthology it series. Is, yeah, correct? I would consider it like the animation version of Black Mirror. Oh, so it's animated. Yes. Oh, one hundred percent animated. I had no clue. Like mm. I saw like a brief like clip of something. It didn't seem like it was like. There's one that is very not animated, where it's Topher Grace and Elizabeth Weinstein. Oh, okay. Okay, so maybe that's why I didn't really think that the whole thing was animated. Yeah, so probably. there is one story that's not animated. Pretty much. I mean, the thing, it's there's a universe in their fridge. Okay, and the, fine. And they're just staring at it pretty much the entire time. It's, it's like my least favorite one out of all of them. Oh. <laughs> uh, do all the animation styles vary? Yeah, they're all different almost each episode. Okay. And it's just really interesting i'm super into like cyberpunk and like dystopian futures and stuff like that so this really hit you know really hit me hard with a lot of the imagery and the things that they were going for so is that a theme like throughout all the episodes yeah a lot of it has to deal with i think the future and where we're heading and stuff like that um several episodes have to deal with like different things taking us over one cats take over the world one uh <laughs> yogurt that sounds takes like my nightmare yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, did you say yogurt? Yes. Wait. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Sentient yogurt. Oh, Lord. Okay. And they move on without us. Spoiler. Okay. <laughs> so is this very, like, I don't know, I don't know, like an allegory, like, you know, like very Twilight Zone? Mm-hmm. You know, how would you describe it? Like, if you had to compare it to another series. Well, I, I think my best description was um, Black Mirror, where it's just like, you know, these are the things that we're heading towards, but um, I think this sh- show, especially with animation, wh- which is my main thing of why I love animation so much, it's animation can do the things that other shows can't. Like, yes. Whereas Black Mirror will have to build itself on more realism to get you like hooked on it more. This can go fucking wild. Like, go straight fantasy. Exactly. Um, have yogurt take over the world. <laughs> exactly. Is it as dark as Black Mirror? Um, some of them can get as dark. Because you, I mean, you're saying cats take over. So right away, I feel like it's more like tongue in cheek. There's there's humorous ones like that where it's tongue in cheek. Where like that entire episode where it turns out the cats have taken this over was it was robots going through pretty much um, a world where humans have killed themselves pretty much. Okay. Um, and they're just like tourists. They're tourists going around like, oh, this is just another dystopian world where humans ended up failing. Let's take pictures and like it's it's almost like how we treat like um, if we went to Chernobyl or something like okay. that. Okay. So it, it it's all very interesting stuff like that. Um, the very first episode really gets you hooked in because it's um, photorealistic animation. Um, you know something that you would see like out of a high grade video game or something, mm-hmm. and it, um, it just so like, like some cutting edge shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there? I mean. The animation style, like, what would you compare? Like, I mean, you're you're kind of explaining like it's a variety of oh, different yeah. styles. You know, so. sometimes you're getting Saturday morning cartoon. The next you're getting really um, one is definitely um, like almost a 
it's almost exactly like the um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse animation style. Oh, okay. But, it's, I mean, the content is not <laughs> nowhere near the same. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, it's it's definitely, like, they're so short, too, so you don't realize that you're, like, just piling through all these as well. Yeah, if they're, you said 10, 10 minutes long? Yeah. Each one? And mm. how many episodes? About 18. Okay, that's not bad. I could do not that. bad at all. I could do that. Mm. <laughs> A lot of these stories, like, they end, and then you're like, I kind of want to know where this goes from here, uh-huh. but then you're not going to get anything more from that. Do you feel like they will eventually explore, like, go back and explore some of those? Or... I don't know. I feel like a lot of these work, maybe, like, um, entry points that people were, like, trying to sell to Netflix for series. Like, short stories exactly. or something. Exactly, and, you know, they decided, hey, let's compile these. Oh, yeah. so you feel like it's almost like a premise, and then they just kind of like, okay, this would be fun short form yeah yeah and then maybe like see what sticks and what doesn't and they could explore from there mm. which is smart yeah um yeah well i'm gonna have to check it out so you highly recommend yeah this. i highly recommend it. if you love animation you love dystopian futures definitely check it out all right will do christian you like podcasts i love them i love podcasts have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity. If you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me too. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, And right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode (laughs) (laughs) and go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. All right. Starting off comics this week, we have Uncanny X-Men number 14. Yep, that's right. And we are not going to read any fucking blurbs this week. No, even if they're short. Screw it. So hopefully we'll do the books justice and you have an idea what the fuck's going on. But, you know, we're just reviewing these books, not the whole fucking story arc. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this saw the Uncanny X-Men, um, you know, this team of fucking basically leftovers mm-hmm. of you know the former X-Men uh, brokering a deal with Val Cooper. Um, who used to work with them with the X Factor team um, before, um, you know, she was like a government liaison. So um, it was interesting. You know, we'll see how that relationship works out. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so they're brokering a deal with her where, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. So um, you also saw some from... The Dark Beast, um, he's working on shit for them right now. It looks like they're, tr- they're he's trying to figure out how to get rid of the infection that, um, you know, the new mutants currently have right yes. now from, you know, the ones, uh, Senegal program. 
um, that they were involved in. So um, it's a little weird having Dark Beast, you know, kind of just walking around. Oh, I was immediately uneasy yeah. about that whole situation. Yeah, maybe there's some kind of restraints happening somehow that we don't know about. I know they have, like, some of the new mutants watching over him. Um, they're saying that because they don't sleep, that they can, you know, watch over him 24-7 now. Um, but still, I feel like they'd be a little more cautious, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, harboring Dark Beast. So, but anyway, um, yeah, and you don't give a fucking mad scientist a lab to work yes. in. <laughs> That's just me. But I mean, uh, It just sounds like what we got with um, Ahab and X-Force, or he's going to just work for himself. Yes, yes, where that, yeah, right, the government had him working in a lab, and of course it went wrong mm. quickly. But, uh, yeah, comics, whatever. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the shit with the Morlocks, so you basically had them uh, going out, they're, they're, well, they're trying to fucking hunt down the Marauders. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Beast gives them a lead for some reason. They trust him, um, and they run into one of the Marauders, um, and it leads them down to the Morlock Tunnels, um, where we see they've been decimated. Um, so they come across Chamber, who's been kind of like running with them recently. Um, Chamber fucking reads Scott the right act. I thought it was a really good scene. Um, you know, saying you always wanted to be the Moses of mutants. Well, now's your chance, you know, calling them out basically. Um, and I thought it was a nice touch because they actually had Cyclops, you know, do something right for, Mm -hmm. you know, change. It seems like it's really, you know, them trying to get the character to the next chapter, um, where he goes ahead, he uses his connection with, you know, Val to, you know, basically find a safe haven for the Morlocks. Um, so they go on a mission freeing this country um, overthrowing this like militia that's controlling this country that was at one time like very mutant friendly um, they do so and you know basically the whole gist was you know they did for Val so they could get the Morlocks this kind of you know safe haven mm-hmm. Chamber ends up you know pledging his allegiance to the X-Men because of that and joins the team now I thought it was a good story. I I, I thought this was, you know, really, you know, Cyclops growing and proving, you know, that he's a different character than we saw before his death. Um, I don't know. I I, I could do with more stories like this. This It was a beginning, middle, and end rather than it's like, oh, what's going to happen next time on X-Men? Yes. Yes. This was definitely more of a one-shot story, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. Um, didn't seem like it was a start to an arc. It was no. just really kind of like setting the table. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I Like I said, this is one of my favorite books going right now. I feel like uh, Rosenberg is just, you know, hitting on all cylinders. Um, give me more. <laughs> give me more. You know, less is more with the X, but yes. for me. So um, I don't need a fucking bloated book with 35 characters in it. You know, I like this team right now. So... Um, but, uh, moving on, we've got Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, number three. I don't know, Damon. There was a lot of fucking dialogue, and it's just a lot of, what, what happens in this book is that they're, you know, um, some 
comes out, you know, he he tells them the truth about his origins. The one male character. The one male character. Who they know of who's existing in this, like, dystopian dimension. Well, he's the only one that's left the castle. um, Because, um... Are all the men supposed to be in the castle? Mm -hmm. In Nuclear Man's castle? Yes. Right? He's just captured all of them. Okay. And this is all taking place in the middle of New York. No one can get into... No, yeah, there's a big barrier. Yes, into this whole area. Time is not existing the same way it exists outside of the barrier. Um, in the regular, you know, Marvel Universe, only moments have passed by where, like, days have gone mm-hmm. by so far. And, like, they've been living their life, <laughs> you know, in this weird dystopian dimension where Nuclear Man rules all. And Yes, Sam is the one character, the one male who's helping them out, and, you know, they don't trust him, and they find out what, Christian? Uh, he is the son of Nuclear Man. Yes. Um, yeah, there was definitely a lot of dialogue here. Um, it's, a, it's just, I, I get what they're going for with, like, you know, they want to plan out everything they want to do, but you can show me that in panels, while there's maybe other types of dialogue going on, like what they're thinking about, rather than them discussing every fine detail to their plan. Yeah. I don't know. That was just like, I thought, I just felt like I was reading unnecessary elements for most of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, it, it was just a lot, a lot. Um, and I didn't find it necessarily that interesting mm-hmm. because I feel like I still know where we're going. Um I get it. I understand what they're trying to do. I mean, Nuclear Man's this total, like, misogynist asshole, you know, who it feels like he, well, he, they even say he's looking for the perfect bride. I guess mm-hmm. all his, like, metal men are, like, you know, referring to Captain Marvel as the perfect bride. So it feels like, you know, that's why only the women have, like, survived, you know, um, this whole, like, ordeal. It just, I don't know. It's almost a little too on the nose. I found the first two issues entertaining. I like this setup for, you know, Captain Marvel's cast. Like, if Mm -hmm. these are going to be reoccurring people, like her supporting cast. Like, I really want to see more, you know, Jessica um, and She-Hulk and, you know, um, even Echo. I think Echo would be fun, you know. Um, It... But, I don't know, I'm ready for the story to end. You know, <laughs> like, I'm done with this arc, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way the book ends, though, it feels like the arc's not close to oh. being done. You know, I feel like we uh, got at least, like, another three issues to go. Um, Rogue all of a sudden shows up. Um, they, Sam makes this confession to them. He goes ahead and gives them a lead, basically, you know, this kind of back way into the castle. And they're just confronted by a very angry rogue. They see something, though. And we don't don't know what they saw, but it scares them. Where Captain Marvel basically sends the team out of there. It's like, okay, I'll be your distraction and everything. And then, you know, she's face-to-face with Rogue, who is is wanting to throw down with Captain Marvel. So, um, very random. Yes. (laughs) Rogue and Captain Marvel, though, I mean, Carol, they have a great history, so Mm. um, I want to see those characters interact, so I was excited by that. I just don't want to see them interact in this scenario. So, 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. I did enjoy the first two books, though. So, mm. I mean, maybe they'll pick up the pace with the fourth one. You know? Maybe it's just a middle issue, and we're just getting through it, but I, I, don't know. I didn't need this issue. I just yeah. feel like the arc is so predictable, you know? I feel like they're going to... And I feel like there's not going to be a, any kind of aftermath oh, know, no. to this. Yeah, like, fix any it consequences, and... and, like, you know, right away it's set up where it, it, it's not going to really matter. They're going to get out mm. of this whole, like, dimension and... It's not going to affect anything that's going on, you know, in the regular Marvel universe because only so many moments have passed, yes. you know. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. But it's a nice way, if this is going to be a supporting cast, I will say it's a nice way to get to know them, you know, and see their chemistry. At least. I, li- I also like Hazmat being part of that. Yes. Too. So, and it feels like, I mean, it's such a random character, but it does feel like she's going to, you know, be around for a while. So, um, what what do we have next? Uh, we also had Avengers number 17. All right. What were your thoughts on this? Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the confrontation between Dracula and the Colonel. Not Dracula. Uh, Blade and the Colonel. But at the same time, I wanted to see the Colonel at least get over on um, Blade a little bit more. It seemed like he Blade was taking him out way too easy. It's it, it, just the whole. It's such a abrupt ending mm-hmm. to the arc. I thought we had at least another two or three issues to go. That's how it felt, right? So I was really surprised when we got to the end of the issue. I was like, "Oh, that's it, isn't it?" Um, so we basically found out that Dracula was setting this whole thing up to get to Chernobyl yes. for some reason. To start a new kingdom in And Chernobyl. that the colonel, you know, and his clan were really working for Dracula this entire time. I don't understand the motive behind that, though. Like, and I don't understand why he couldn't just get to Chernobyl on his own. Since it seems like the Russians didn't really yeah. give a shit about it, but like he like came up with this elaborate plot to trick the Russians into like putting him there. It just I don't know. I don't Maybe know. like I liked everything that happened. Yeah. Before that, I just don't understand the payoff. Maybe at all. he's tricked them into having the uh, Winter Guard now guard him. So he doesn't have to deal with the Avengers? I mean, that or? whole, like, Russian prison has been turned to vampires. So mm. I'm sure they're going to end up being, like, Dracula's army. And he's, like, rebuilding for some reason. It, it definitely feels like it's some kind of power play. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what. Um, but that being said, the Red Widow is a fucking badass. You know, and I want to know more about her. You know, I, I did enjoy everything with her in the book. Um you know, I'm I'm really enjoying the Winter Guard too, um, and I, I'm getting kind of geared up to see that confrontation finally. You know, with the mm-hmm. the Avengers. So, um, I like the stuff with Blade though. I like that he was kind of you know the narrator of the story, um, you know, and that we're kind of seeing you know everything unfold through his eyes in this book. Um, I did, like, I was getting worried that, okay, well, this is definitely, you know, his way out of the team. Because we heard that there was going to be kind of a rotating eighth member or something, you know. Um, So I was like, okay, well, he's only sticking around for this arc. But it seems like he's here for at least, you know, 
I don't know, a long-term stay. It feels like she, he's going to be sticking around for a while. Unless something were to happen in the next year. Yes, so he, he said that, you know, I'm going to stick around so everything plays out with Dracula. Uh, Robbie makes a return uh, at the end. Yes, he makes the save at the end. Um, shows show, shows up and really, you know, saves the day. Um, I don't... Also, like, Thor has a dog. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Thory or something? Thory, and he talks mad shit, and like, I was like, what is happening? Where did this dog get I don't, introduced? I have no idea. Yeah. I, I still thought it was an entertaining read, mm-hmm. you know? I just, I don't understand, like, this elaborate plot to get to Chernobyl. Yes. Like, it just felt like he went way out of his way. <laughs> You know, like, killing all his followers. And it felt like he really cared about the people that Red Widow was, like, Well, that's obviously he was... But was he just, like, playing them then? I'm assuming he was playing them at that point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know, man. It just feels like he could have just hypnotized some of those guards to let them walk in. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) probably. Right? That's what Dracula does, right? (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Um... (sighs) Yeah, um, I don't, and I don't know where we're going from here. Is is next month the War of Realms? Yeah, I believe so. All right, all right. So, um, they haven't really built it up in the Avengers books. So I know that you know some shit's definitely going down in the Thor books. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how excited I am really about it. Yeah. Um, I hope they have a story worthy of an event book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because their last few big events just i don't know felt like filler at best you know they definitely didn't feel like event worthy you know it felt more of like a cash grab unfortunately so i just hope that they have a story to really just i don't know warrant i I hear that you want it to matter yes absolutely so don't just give me an event because summer's here and that's what we do in the summer (laughs) So no, David. That's what we do in the summer. We have to, <laughs> we have, to have a giant fucking event with a million tie-in mm. books, you know, so we can get all your fucking money. So, ah, uh, just give me the summer off, guys. <laughs> so, what do we got next? Well, on the DC side, we're quickly approaching the uh, 80th anniversary for Batman. So I figured I'd catch up on some Batman. Go for it, man. Um, right now it just feels like King is writing just one massive arc and just rewarding anyone who's reading all the way through at this point. Okay. Because we're still, we're, you know, we're having this storyline where it's Bane versus Batman and, um, Batman had, uh, finally like the last, last time we saw Bane and Batman fight in this kind of story arc, um, he had put Bane in Arkham. Um, now what we've seen and what we know, obvious Bane has pretty much taken over Arkham. Okay. And, um, but he's convinced everyone else that he's not, like, ever, all the higher-ups, all the police and everything, um, don't realize that Bane is in control there. Um, Batman, um, the story arc that we're in, Batman, uh, basically, the Penguin comes and, uh, pretty much rats on, um, Bane. Pretty much saying, uh, you know, he killed my, like, beloved Penguin, and I just... <laughs> I'm pretty sure the the person he lost was actually just a penguin in the end. But, really? Um, yes. Like an actual penguin or a penguin person? No, an actual penguin. 
Like a humanoid penguin? No. no. Just an penguin. Actual penguin. Was it his partner? I I have a feeling because he's going to get buried right next to her. Oh, okay. Unless unless I don't That's a different I angle to the character. Person. I don't remember bestiality being But part they never of, like, show penguins. the girl, so I don't know. And they show plenty yeah. of imagery of penguins. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um well, now I have to read the <laughs> penguin. Is penguin fucking a penguin? Is that I really don't happening? No. <laughs> penguin has given up that Bane is actually running Arkham, and Batman goes ballistic. Really? Because he's like, I know I've beat Bane. There's no way. And then he goes, and he finally believes Penguin. He goes to Arkham and starts beating the shit out of Bane. Wow. Um, all the police are like, you can't be in here. You can't do this. This is wrong. He gets like, to a point. Stop me. <laughs> yes, he actually does have a line like that. Okay. But uh, Gordon comes in. He tries to stop him. And Batman accidentally hits Gordon. Um, and Gordon now is turned against Batman. Batman's on his own. He's pretty much just a rogue in the city. Dealing with you know the emotional like losing uh, Catwoman. Uh, dealing with you know Bane fucking with his head this entire time. I'm sure this is everything that Bane has watched exactly this entire um, time. And out of An nowhere, Batman. Yeah, out of nowhere, um, Batman's father uh, attacks um, Alfred, and we have Batman returning to the cave to be gassed out by um, Thomas Wayne. Yeah, by Tom Wayne, and uh, so that's that's where the storyline kind of is. And these last four issues or so have been just uh, Batman stuck in his nightmares. Because okay. he's being, uh, while he's in a coma, he's being consistently gassed by um, Scarecrow to stay in a coma. Wow. So Bane's got a lot of people working with yes. him. Yes. Interesting. And it only makes sense that mm-hmm. they would all team up and take care of, you know, the one common problem they all have. Yes. Fucking Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's. I mean, this this whole book has been great for Bane in general. I mean, it just shows how like much of a threat he is in this world. How like much resources he's brought together. I mean, Bane's always been that kind of you know he breaks the bat. You know, he's one of those big mm-hmm. characters. But I feel like this storyline in general, just from everything from I Am Suicide and on, um, has been unbelievable with his character just like seeing this consistent war between the two of them um has he really like i don't know like has he like taken bane to like the next level in your eyes now like as a character i would say so yeah okay i'm not thinking about bane in you know um what was batman it batman and robin. robin yeah okay well, at I this hope point not. <laughs> <laughs> Because I really, like, I know, Bane's always, he's been an interesting character, but for me, Mm. he's always been kind of a throwaway character. But, I mean, the fact that, like, this whole massive, you know, story, you know, that King's been telling revolves around Bane. Pretty much 50 issues of this revolves around Batman and Bane. Bane's the main antagonist. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty fucking ballsy. So, but it sounds like they've really built up that character, you know, into, like, a legitimate threat. Um, you know, and the fact that he's actually in Batman's head tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it says a lot. But honestly, I haven't heard anything that you said. I keep on thinking about Penguin fucking that Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane to me. Like, I have to read that. Are you sure that's I'm what you're getting? I'm not sure. <laughs> I 
think its name is Penny. The penguin. Yes. Name is Penny. Yes. Okay. You feel Unless like that's this ringing is definitely... any bells for you? No, no. You feel like this is a penguin? Though. Yes. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm gonna have. We will. You know, in between episodes, we. <laughs> I will dig deeper and figure if this is an actual penguin. Mm. So, um, yeah. I mean, hey, man. To each his own, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I can't get that picture out of my head, though. I would. Uh, I would totally suggest reading this from the. Beginning. I think all of this series has been really well done. Okay. Um, I I'm absolutely loving his run as Batman. It's it's not you know your typical like he's just a detective or um, or he's just like the unstoppable Batman. There's a lot more layers to his character throughout mm. this. It's more of a well-rounded, yes. you know, version. And I mean, if you've enjoyed um, Mr. Miracle, these last four issues with nightmares have all been very Mr. Miracle. I love style. anything like involving Scarecrow mm-hmm. and that fear fucking exactly. toxic. It's always a fun ride, you know. You don't know what's real, you don't know what he's yes. facing and um it's kind of funny cuz he he understands what's happening to him mm-hmm. in real life, but he but can't do anything. To yeah, he stop can't, he's just completely trapped. And I can understand if I was a like if I were to grade this as just a book and not cuz I read like 10 or 12 issues to catch up. Nah. And they're there's they're pretty short. Not too long. They're all twenty five ish. Like this last one, number sixty seven, has about two or three panels with actual dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. Everything is just visual. And um I don't know. I think as But that works with the fear toxin and that it kind does, of story. But if I was a monthly reader and not binging reading this, mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be a little annoyed at this point. Like might... every like four issues over four months. And nothing has changed in the storyline. Yeah, I could see that. I could understand that. You know, I I get people's criticism, but at the same time, it's such a well-played-out story. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I I like that King is playing the long game. Mm -hmm. I enjoy, you know, that kind of long-form storytelling. You know, makes you more invested, I feel like, in everything that's going on. And everything matters. Mm -hmm. You know, all these different chapters matter because it's leading somewhere. So I really enjoy that. So I definitely want to pick yeah. that up. You know, that's technically my... it's six issues because there were two issues were um, for the crossover event with Flash. Really? So okay, wow. <laughs> it's been a while. So, but yeah, the, the, with what I was saying though, like you know that mm. kind of writing style, I I always find the most enjoyable when it comes to comics because you want all these different arcs to be leading somewhere. And tying together, you know, and should feel like a roller coaster ride. So, I'm all for it. I do have to pick it up. You know, it reminds me a lot of what like Hickman did with like the Avengers. You mm-hmm. know, where just it was definitely long form, big picture storytelling, um, but it all paid off in the end. You know, it really did. And we're at C two E two. We're going to be getting a huge announcement from Hickman yes. and Marvel. Um, Hickman's back. You know, in the Marvel fold, and it sounds like they're going to be announcing his next project. And fingers crossed, I'm hoping it's going to be an X Men book. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So it's going to be Age of X Men. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I think that's supposed to be coming to an end in June. Okay. So I don't know, man. I, I but I hope it doesn't interfere with what's going on with 
what's happening on Candy X-Men right now. So, because like I said, I've been enjoying the hell out of that mm-hmm. book. So, or just keep that team intact. You know, I'll be okay. So, anyway, that's going to do it for comics. Yes. On to wrestling. On to wrestling. Hey folks, Brandon Fisher here, the host of Sack'em Up Sundays, the show that talks about everything and fucking nothing. That's, that's the best opening to a Christmas special ever, is talking about the accidental end bomb like right out the fucking gate. Brought to you by two people who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Why are we eating the audience? Join us each week as myself and Dipsy D go down some of the deepest rabbit holes. So, he shoots yeah. himself in the dick and shit. It's like... Bridge, put it down. <laughs> Pop a dog at one. <laughs> Ask the hard-hitting questions. Why do you think Santa did not stop the Holocaust and learn the truth once and for all? But at the end of the day, you have to know who you are. You're a fucking potato. <laughs> You're a fucking potato. Aliens orchestrated 9-11. <laughs> Independence Day on that bitch. That, that, well, that's it. They, they, green team on that bitch. They, 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 or, they orchestrated 9-11 so that we would enter into the forever war with the Middle East, which would ultimately uh, wipe out humanity so that the aliens could then come on in and reclaim planet Earth, which used to be theirs. You can join us each week for more hilarious bullshit over at dramacityproductions.com. Oh, man, we need a mop. It's about to get messy. All right, Damon, convention season is finally upon us. Are you going to see 2E2 this year? I think I'm going to try, but I, I feel like three-day passes might be sold out. Well, you got to check out SeatGiant.com, man. SeatGiant.com? That's right. Get all your hottest tickets to all your major sporting events and concerts. Even conventions? Even conventions. Don't just buy tickets, Christian. Buy the experience. And right now, if you use the promo code NERDSHOW, you'll get additional savings. SeatGiant.com. We've had some time to to contemplate what happened Tuesday night and uh, obviously Kofi's performance and uh, the aftermath and our reaction to to all of that and uh, a little bit of time to reflect too on, I guess, kind of our, our careers and why we, we do this. Um, you know, you, you think of this business to some degree being a meritocracy, that if you work hard, uh, you show up early, you stay late, you do all the right things, you jump through all the right hoops, uh, you're respectful, you don't break the law, um, that, that you, you, you get good at your craft, that you really hone that, that you find a place with fans, uh, you separate yourself, you find a niche, you separate uh, yourself uh, from a character perspective, from an in-ring perspective, you do everything, you check all the boxes, uh, you show up in shape, you, you do everything that's asked of you in this business that that if you do all those things, you have a good chance of making it to the top. But now we, we, we understand the game. We see what the game is, that people, people like us will only get so far. All right, David, it's time to break down what happened this week in wrestling. All right, man. Well, it is WrestleMania season, and we are on the road to WrestleMania. And the shows were okay. So, well, I shouldn't say that. SmackDown was actually pretty goddamn good, but Raw, eh, so-so at best. Some people were saying it was the worst on the road to WrestleMania so far. Uh, This year? Yes. Yeah, probably. It's very much like an in-betweener mm. kind of show where they're just trying to get us from point A to point B, um, just angle-wise and everything like that. I mean, 
Brock showed up, didn't really do much. Um, it was more about Rollins and Drew, the segment, honestly. Um, I did enjoy the segment, though. Um, it, they're, they're in Chicago, you know, mm. for the week. And, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, because we're in Chicago. We're from Chicago. But, I mean, Chicago's crowd just, just makes the show so much fucking better. Because we're fucking awesome. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, Lesnar was out there talking shit. Very typical Lesnar promo, Heyman mm-hmm. promo. Um, still one of the best promos out there, though. So, and then, you know, Rollins came... Or, I'm sorry, Drew came out, you know, and kind of, like, said his Drew stuff. I like the way they're featuring Drew now and building him back up as a monster. Still hate his fucking promos. It's not his delivery. It's what they're giving him to say. Oh, okay. You know, it's just very, like, paint-by-number, you know, typical fucking, you know, late 80s, mid-90s heel shit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they really need to let this guy operate outside of the box a little and you know, bring some of his own personality into it. Because it's just really dry, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't really, like, get a, a reaction from the crowd. So, and it feels so unnatural. Like, he's very scripted still. And he can talk, so I don't know why they're choosing that route for him. But anyway, so, but while Drew's talking shit, um, Rollins comes out, fucking attacks him with a chair, and just wails on him. Um, The crowd went fucking ballistic. It was a nice, it was a nice little segment and everything. And I like the continuity of Rollins, you know, standing up for his fallen, like, shield you know members so i i enjoyed that aspect of it so but then we found out that we're getting a match between rollins and drew in the main event for the night um then we went ahead and we moved on this is completely not in order whatsoever (laughs) i realized i jotted the notes down after the fact actually two days after the fact for forgive me if i'm all over the place but um we had uh finn teaming up with Strowman. Um, they acted like it was going to be a surprise, like, you know, a partner, and everyone kind of knew it was Strowman, and the announcers even hinted that it was Strowman. It was, it was stupid. Um, but yeah, they went over Lashley and Rush. I'm enjoying Lashley and Rush more and more, though, together. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I really like Rush, and I like what he brings to the table for Lashley. Um, and I feel like they're, you know, I feel like their chemistry is getting better. together the way they're interacting with each other in the ring and everything you know it feels like lashley just kind of tolerates rush you know as long as he's doing his bidding so that dynamic works you know for those two heels you know rush is very much scrappy do right now (laughs) where he's just bouncing around you know lashley and everything and lashley's just tolerating him for the moment. So, um, I don't mind Finn chasing after the IC belt as long as there's a payoff at WrestleMania. So, and I do feel like there could be a good match coming out of this. I just hope that, you know, we don't see them interact too much more, you know, on the shows. Like, I don't need them to be in match after match after match. You know, let it play out. Let it breathe a little to build up that anticipation. Unfortunately, I think they're just going to keep having them face each other. I'm hoping what happens is you'll probably get a beatdown of Finn, you know, where they decimate him or something like that. So then we get the demon of Mania. You know, that's what I'm, I'm guessing is going to happen. Yeah. We're going to have a big Mania demon appearance, you know, um, and then he'll walk away with that title. So 
that's what I'm hoping, or at least you know how I would book it. So, um, but yeah, and then a Strowman, he's got nothing once again to do at WrestleMania, so he's going to be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Whatever, you know, well, it, that would be even lucky to get on the main card at this point. So, and there's rumors that there's actually supposed to be two Battle Royals this year. I'm sure one for the women's and one yeah. for the men's. So, because um, they did two last year, right? did they do two? Yeah. That was when it first was announced. It was a big deal because it was supposed to be, um, uh, not the May Young, but, um... Oh, shit! I forgot yeah. about that. The Moolah. Mm-hmm. And then they had to drop the name. Yes. Was that the... That was the, the that was the Mania um, Battle Royal? That was going to be the Moolah classic? Yeah. Oh, wow. I forgot that. Did that actually make the main show? Uh, yeah, it did make the the men. But they did didn't. It. They didn't name it the Mula. They changed it. To but they, it did actually make the main mm-hmm. card. Okay, who the fuck won that? I don't remember. Was it Nia? Was it Naomi? Did Naomi win it? I think Naomi <laughs> I fucking won. We'll have to Google it while we're talking. <laughs> Not that it matters, because oh. obviously it didn't matter to them. <laughs> I think it was Naomi who won it. So um, yes, because um, she was supposed to get a title shot that she never got. Naomi? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I remember that. That was a big deal. My God. Big deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> to Naomi. <laughs> and the Usos, maybe. <laughs> no one else cared. Uh, but yeah. So um, maybe they make it mean something this year. You know, because you would think they at least have Carmella with it, knowing how they booked her, you know, after I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. Whatever. Anyway, so, but moving on, uh, we had the Boston Hug connection come out. Um, They get confronted by the Divas of Doom. Beth Phoenix Mm. and Natalia are out there. Um, It was a nice segment, I gotta say. I thought it built up heat between the two teams well. Um, You know, Sasha was talking mad shit to Natalia and everything. It sounded borderline arrogant to me. Who? Sasha Sasha and Bailey? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And maybe they kind of... They figured that Beth was probably going to get cheered regardless, mm. you know, because of her, you know, Hall of Fame status and, you know, what she's done. And she definitely was getting cheered. Um, I enjoyed it, though. I like that side of that team. You know, I like Sasha kind of being that heel type character um, and the idea of like Bailey kind of having to keep her in check and everything. I thought that was a cool dynamic between the two. I wouldn't mind them doing more of that, you know, where like Sasha talks shit and like. You know, then the team has to pay for it later mm. on. Um, so I, I don't know. I, it it seems like we're definitely going to end up getting a four corners, you know, a fatal four way tag team match um, at Mania. Though um, they also showed up on SmackDown, the Boston Hug Connection, and lost to the Iconics. So I don't know. And we also had Naya show up during the segment. Um, you know, they had a match between Sasha Banks and Natalia. Uh, Naya Jax and Tamina showed up and uh, beat the fuck out of everyone. So, yeah. So I, I understand wanting to get everyone on the card, but if it makes matches, you know, fucking clusterfucks, mm. what's the point? Honestly. So, I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing the Iconics, you know, get a title run. I don't know if it's going to happen here, but we'll see. So, I don't feel like, you know, the Divas of Doom are long. No. Or, you know, I feel like that's just kind of media and done. Right, a one shot. So, maybe like Lita and Trish turned them down. 
I'm guessing. Because that was the big, right? Right after yeah. the whole... Oh, like, you're assuming they turned down the match in general. Yeah, maybe something happened. Um, but yeah, it seems weird. So, um, Next up, we got Angle's huge announcement. Who his opponent was going to be for his retirement match at WrestleMania. Everyone was on the edge of their seats. And then he said the name. <laughs> Baron fucking Corbin. And the crowd gasped in horror. <laughs> like it's an audible groan that comes I think that out. That was of... a joke for an entire week. Like, oh, it'll be Corbin like, as a joke. As a joke. <laughs> and that's. A, I'm still hoping that they're working us, knowing how people would react mm. to this, and it's going to be a fucking swerve at Mania, and you know we get like some form of a Cena match or whatever. Um, cause this is definitely disappointing. Cause it, even like the way Kurt reacted to how the crowd reacted, it felt like he was having to defend no. his choice. Just puts him in a bad spot. It really does. They've done that guy. No fucking favors this last like couple years. So I don't know, man. That's not who you want to see him going out facing. No. Um, he is doing kind of like a retirement tour, though. Like, he faced off um, against Chad Gable, which was a really good match. Um, I like the idea of, like, him kind of, like, wrestling, like, a bunch of up-and-coming guys, you know, on the roster right now until WrestleMania. So I know he, you know, he had a match against Cruz the other week, yes. so... We'll see who he faces off against, you know. I would I would love to even see him show up on SmackDown, you know, and challenge someone. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, um, next we had a random match between Ricochet and Jinder Mahal. I'm not sure why Aleister Black wasn't on the show, but um, we had a decent match uh, between Ricochet and Jinder. It's a nice just showcase match for, you know, Ricochet, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm curious to see how they book those two for WrestleMania, if they book them at all, you know. Um, it felt like they were going to get some kind of tag match the way they were going, but this just felt abrupt and out of nowhere. And they didn't really mention the tag belts. So I don't know if those plans got kind of shelved for, for some reason. You know, I know they're wrestling on NXT, you know, the night before a TakeOver, so... Who knows? Um, but uh, Ronda went fucking crazy. You know, um, she is a true blue heel here. Um, it wasn't bad. You know, she uh, got challenged by, um, what's her fucking name? Um, Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. There we go. Thank you. God. Uh, <laughs> Dana Brooke. Um, and like beat her pretty fucking, you know, yeah. in like what, like I think it was like 20 seconds, a minute maybe. Um Rhonda got up. Uh, she was warned beforehand walking into the building, you know, that if she put her hands on the refs again, you know, they have security there to escort her out. And, you know, she got up. The refs had to pull her off of Dana Brooke. Um, and she, like, pushed one of the refs down. So security came out. You know, they put her their hands on her, and she beat the fuck out of one of those guys. Um, you know, and then her husband got involved, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, she walked in the building with her husband, so I was like, I hope, like, he doesn't get, like... Both of them frowning as much as they possibly could. I, I just really hope he, like, it wasn't... I don't know, it feels like, you know, like, they're angling for him to be, like, almost like her, you know, valet, if mm-hmm. you will, you know, for the Mania match. Um, I don't want to see that. 
you don't need to muddy up the works, you know, with that. She doesn't need it, you know. I don't know why they're going that route. So I don't know if, you know, he's thinking about like working for the company. I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, he's a, a MMA, MMA guy. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? But I mean, it definitely feels like Rhonda's getting her husband like a payday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> why not? So I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, on to the main event. Uh, Drew ended up pinning Seth. Uh, Typical fashion, Brock's music hits. Seth has never obviously watched any kind of fucking wrestling before. Totally does the stupid face move and turns around and stares at the entryway. And then turns around and gets fucking kicked in the face by McIntyre. And loses the match. He used to do that. Yes. yes, (laughs) yes. And if you've watched wrestling at all for the last Mm -hmm. 30 years, you know what's going to happen. Never take your eyes off your opponent, goddammit. But yes, um... It was fine. It was fine, though. I mean, I'm glad that Drew didn't lose the match. You know, I feel like after last week, it would have really flattened out the push that he's getting, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think Seth is really hurt by it. So, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, a so-so show, really. You know, I don't think... It, I agree, it was probably the lesser of the shows so far on the road to WrestleMania. I can agree with that. You know, um, you know, especially with the Corbin announcements. I think that just completely took the air out of the building. <laughs> um, and that's saying a lot for it being in Chicago, yeah. but like, I don't know. I don't know. That was really disappointing. So, um, but on the other side of the coin, SmackDown, I felt like, knocked it out of the park. This is how you do WrestleMania. This is how you get people fucking excited. The Kofi Kingston angle, it's a WrestleMania angle. You know, and it's it's well-crafted, it's well-put-together, it's exciting, it's different, it's new, and it has people wanting more. Mm-hmm. So, um, this was a huge moment. I don't think anyone has had to go through this much to get to the WrestleMania-like main event. I mean... You know, just obstacle after obstacle. I, Daniel Bryan didn't have to go through this fucking match. I mean, he had to go through a gauntlet, you mm-hmm. know, of Samoa Joe, Eric Rowan, um, Randy Orton, Sheamus, Cesaro. Is that everyone? Yeah, it should be five. Yes, that's five. So, um, you know, almost an hour, lasted almost an hour, um, beat everyone. Um, they did a great job pushing the match throughout the night, getting everyone pumped up for it. They gave it enough fucking time on what you always fear mm-hmm. with them. And they promoted it well. And they made it into a big deal. Um, and they even, you know, him winning those matches, because it was, they did a great thing where they kept on going, like, back and forth, you know, during the match and showing, like, the wrestlers in the back, kind of, like, you know, starting to, like, you know, I don't get around, gather around the TV and watch, you know, everything and having them cheer and react to shit. Um, I think it was well done and really like kind of built up that anticipation, you know, attention mm-hmm. for the match. Um, but then of course, McMahon came out and screwed Kofi again, you know, which I, I think we kind of expected, um, you know, he had a face against Daniel Bryan. He put up a good fight, but then ended up losing to Bryan in the long run. So Kofi got screwed again. Um, 
I thought it was a fantastic mm-hmm. match. I really do. And it's a, it's a WrestleMania moment. Like, it's it's something that people remember, and that's what you want, you know, from, you know, WrestleMania season. So it's just a super, like, I feel like memorable angle. And it's something that makes you feel like the WWE can be unpredictable mm-hmm. again. And that's when I feel like WWE is working at its best. It's when it's unpredictable. It's giving you storylines like this that feels like it comes out of left field where you weren't expecting Kofi Kingston to like possibly be main eventing at WrestleMania. Like no. if you told me that last year. <laughs> like, I told you that three months ago, Dave. Yes, exactly. Honestly, like I'd be like, what the fuck are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, and can I have some? Uh, but yeah, no, it was just, I mean, it's a great buildup, though. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the fans are behind it. You know, I mean, it's been entertaining. They did a great segment after uh, SmackDown. You know, like, one of their... I forget what they always call the little segments. They're after, like... Backstage. Backstage segments or, like... After, I know they have, like, After Raw. I don't know what SmackDown's called. But it was a really good segment where, like, the New Day are, like, basically trying to convince Kofi to quit. Like, they're saying, let's go. We're done with this company. Mm. You've given it all. It's been 11 years. We see where the ceiling is. Like, it was really well done. I was like, why isn't this on the show? Like, I I feel like that's happened Mm. a lot with these segments afterwards. I was like, are these just not being so heavily produced that they're able to do their own thing? (laughs) I'm just assuming that the writers have no involvement because they're good. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's been a few of these where I'm like, why why am I not seeing this on the show? I don't know. You know? Um, so it was a great little thing. I was like, I hope they actually pl- play it, replay it on SmackDown next week. No, and they've continued. They've had uh, Big E do like a little video of himself uh, talking about it. Like, they're thinking about leaving and like just... And the, we're not gonna it's be able to... smart because of the climate mm. of the industry right now with AEW and everything like that. And all the rumors swirling around WWE and people possibly leaving. So they're really playing up that card, which makes perfect sense. So um, I like it. I like it. You know, I, that's, I like it when they blur the lines between reality. Um, but, you know, a, just a good show. I mean, you know, otherwise, show-wise, you had Miz come out, cut a really good promo as a face. Passionate. The complete antithesis of what, you know, Face Miz was like, you know, the first time he turned. Um, you know, explaining, you know, what he has against, you know, Shane now mm-hmm. and, you know, why he's, you know, going to face him against, you know, at WrestleMania. Um, he called the McMahons like scumbags, basically, which yeah. you didn't really see coming from that character, but you believed it when he was saying it, um, you know, and kind of. Working that Kofi magic, too, where he's like, you know, I've worked, I've done everything for this company. You know, I've been a company guy all these years, you know, talking about, like, doing all the extra stuff, you know, all the PR shit, you know, and just working that angle and just, you know, I don't know. It it felt real, yeah, you know, which is what you want. And I was like, okay, we'll we'll see how this goes. So um, I could get into this version of Miz, you know, because he was still the Miz. Even though, you know... Very much so. You know, I watched the uh, promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was still The Miz, but you understood, you know, what he was rallying against. Mm. So, um, it's what you want from a face promo. You know, it really was. It wasn't just this 
dry bullshit that they've been getting like AJ Styles. I just wish he wasn't facing Shane McMahon. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I do like him speaking out against the McMahons, though. Mm-hmm. I thought that was different, you know, for that character. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, we got the announcement of Ray versus Joe at WrestleMania. I mean, I guess Ray rolled up Joe the match, you know, uh, the tag match uh, on SmackDown prior. So that's why he's the number one contender, I guess. I guess. So um, I'm surprised that time. His son, Dominic, has grown to be twice the size of fucking Ray. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I haven't seen him since the Eddie Guerrero angle from back in the day. Mm. So, you know, when he said, oh, my son, Dominic's there, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Um, He's giant. And I, I guess he's actually training right now. To, oh, yeah, okay. that's what I heard, I believe. So he's actually training to be, you know, following his father's footsteps. So, do, do you think you're getting attacked by Joe? Oh, absolutely. He's supposed to be ringside. So, right then and there, you're like, oh, he's getting choked out by Joe. Mm. You know, so Joe will say he's his daddy or something like that. Sure. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> It'll be good shit. It'll be good shit. Uh, yeah, no, but, um, oh, Becky and Charlotte. That's right. Becky and Charlotte had to pull apart. Um, On the new Kevin Owens show. Yes. So Kale went from main eventing a fucking pay-per-view, or, you know, being in the title match at least, to hosting a fucking talk show. Hey, Kale Mania. Not Kale Mania. Kale Kofi Mania. <sighs> Kofi Mania is here. Oh, man. It's just, it's... I just want... Making decisions. <laughs> I just want Owens to have something to do at Mania. It'd be, I I feel like it would have been interesting if it was um, KO versus uh, Mustafa Ali. So do you think KO would turn on him? Are you you want to see the match? You think they'll go that route, or it'd just be interesting to see it? I think it'd just be a fun match for both of them, just since they're not both don't have anything to do at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I want to see Kevin continue as a face, though, for right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want them just to flip him like that, because I feel like it's so predictable at this point with him. Um, I think Kevin Owens could be fun as a face, mm-hmm. you know, for a run. Um, but, I don't know, it's just, it's like, why bring him back if you really don't have any plans for him? That's what I just don't understand. Maybe they had plans and just things got changed. And maybe that's true. Maybe they were thinking that it would be Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. And then they saw the buzz around Kofi and, you know, they decided to go their route and just bring Kevin up. But like at that point, they still had time where they Mm -hmm. could have like, you know, pumped the brakes on Kevin coming out, you know, and challenging. They didn't have to do that whole match. They were like, okay, let's go a different route. And, you know, I it just it's such a disservice to Kevin Owens. You know, and after his last year, you know, it's just I don't want to see this, you mm-hmm. know. It's just disappointing. So, um but speaking of which, Charlotte and Becky just I feel like the 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 whole angle right now is now revolving around Rhonda's heel turn. And there's not enough focus on Becky at this point mm. they need to like give her the mic and sell this view more you know because i feel like we've seen everything that we could possibly see out of these three you know i need like her fucking just talking shit on the mic mm-hmm. 
you know, just to kind of, you know, I feel like she's lost momentum a little. You know, it's not her fault. It's the way they're booking this whole fucking... It's just been a mess yes. of an angle. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it really has been. Um, just the program in general. It's just been this roller coaster ride of just nonsensical booking. So, I just want her to, like, get back to basics. Cut a fucking badass promo. You know, build her up again. Because right now they're too like fifty fifty with her booking and yeah. just and don't have anyone fucking interrupt her. Just let her fucking cut a promo because that's what's happening to her a lot recently. So yeah, what if it's like a two minute match? Like Ronda just comes out, beats everyone, and walks out as champion. Well, that'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredibly disappointing. Uh-huh. I would not be surprised if Ronda won though. Don't be surprised if she fucking wins. Um, but. That would be horrible. If, they, mm-hmm. if she wins in that fashion, no, yeah. That'd be fucking just a shit show. Because um, right now, I feel like Kofi and like that whole build-up between Kofi and Daniel Bryan, I feel like that has the most fucking heat behind it. Like, I mean, that that's probably the biggest angle going in the company right now, which is crazy to think, because just two weeks ago, I mean, it was obviously fucking Becky and mm-hmm. Ronda. But I feel like they shot themselves in the foot. It's like, been going on for so there's long. There's just too many working parts mm. to this whole fucking angle. You know, Rhonda turning heel has really taken the focus off of Becky and put it on Rhonda. Um, and it's not helping, the, you know, the angle at all. You know, and I just, I once again, I feel like they shot themselves in the foot when they fucking decided to bring the whole fucking, you know, fourth wall breaking, kayfabe, you know, you know, throwing out the window bullshit yeah. that Rhonda's doing, you know, like on TV. They could have kept it to social media, and I felt like it would have had good buzz around it. You know, is this real? Is she really? Because people were really taking it yes. like literal, like, you know, like Rhonda was working on her own for some reason, which I thought was insane. You know, like it was, it wasn't an angle. Um, it was a straight shoot. Uh, but so I felt like that intrigue really spiced everything up, you know, regardless of what we're getting on the shows. But now that, you know, she's done it on screen, you know, it just right away, you know, it's a fucking angle mm-hmm. and it just kind of ruins everything. You know, it makes it feel very flat. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I they still have three weeks, I believe. Yeah. So hopefully they can pick up the pieces a little. I guess, but they they gotta stop having pull aparts and fights as well. Yeah, yeah. They need to let it breathe a little and just you know, give me a good old fashioned fucking you know Becky Lynch promo at this mm. point because we haven't had that in a while. So I don't only see her fucking limping anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just over that. They're rehabbing it. Yeah, It'll be whatever. fine by Mania, uh-huh. of course. She, yeah. Well, she was it last week. She just threw the crutch away. Yeah. After she fucking wrestled the grueling match against Charlotte, you know, <laughs> where she attacked her knee yeah. the entire fucking time. <laughs> but she's fine now. Uh, yes. Whatever. Wrestling, right? Mm. Um, but that's gonna do it for wrestling this week and the show. Yes, thank God. <laughs> Before we go, we got some podcasts that we think you should be listening to. Um, first up is Invasion of the Remake. They're in your theaters, your neighbors' homes, or even your own. 
Um, and they're also on all your favorite podcast platforms. Go ahead and give them a listen. They're one of my favorite podcasts right now. So um, next up, we've got Wrestle Thoughts Podcast, hosted every Sunday by Kurt and Calum and Jamie. We bring you the latest interviews, news, and events in the world of pro wrestling. Um, once again, you know where to find them, the same place you find all your favorite uh, podcasts, and um, they're just a great wrestling podcast. So, um, Next up, we have Watch If You Dare, a horror movie podcast hosted by Aaron, the Brave Boy, and Derek the Coward, in which they explore scary cinema, fear, and phobias. Um, if you love horror, this is a podcast for you. So, And then last but not least, we have Two and a Half Amigos, Celebrity movies, NFL, weird, amazing style, trending digital creators, lifestyle personalities. I think that says it all. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and give them a listen. Super entertaining show. Speaking of great podcasts, Christian, if you want to check out more great podcasts, go ahead and check out dramacityproductions.com. Um, you can find us there and tons of fucking great podcasts. Um, the network is growing every fucking week. Go yes. ahead and subscribe to the page. Um, and then, you know what? Subscribe to us. Head over to iTunes. Whatever fucking platform you use to listen to fucking awesome podcasts, you can find us there. You can subscribe, rate, and review us. We need all those good things yes. to keep this show going, right? A small independent podcast like us, we need that shit. Man. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can go get our merch on TeePublic right now. That's right. Oh, and you know what? Don't forget. You know what? You can fucking earn while you listen to the yes. show if you go to fucking PodCoin. So, I mean, you can listen to us. Earn fucking coins to go ahead and get yourself some fucking great gift cards, or you can give that money to fucking charity if you're a nice yes. person. We are not though. <laughs> <laughs> but I use the app. I know it's like the new big thing in the mm. podcast world. Go ahead and check them out. So definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, no. And then if you want to hear the music that you're hearing currently, check out our house DJ Greg Brebner. Um, he's on SoundCloud. You can follow him on Instagram. And if you like the music you heard at the top of the show, um, that was Them Guilty Aces, a great rockabilly band from Chicago. If you're ever in the area, go ahead and check out our show. They're playing every fucking weekend. Um, they got lots of great music on iTunes, and they got some great videos on YouTube currently. Yes, and don't forget. I'm going to be at C2E2 and plenty of other events this year. Um, if you want to get tickets to them, go check out SeatGiant.com. Our promo is Nerd Show. Definitely cut in there. We're going to give you a discount. That's the way to go. Nerd yes, show. that's right. Help support us exactly. too, damn it. So, <laughs> buy a shirt. Use those promo codes. Give us those fucking subscribes, rating, reviews. Keeps us going, god damn it. So... <laughs> All right, Dan, that's going to do it for this episode. Yes, it is 2 o'clock in the morning, and we are done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll actually start earlier. Doubt um, it. <laughs> one day. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe those fucking promo codes will finally start paying off, and we won't have to work anymore. Hey, that'd be nice. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so uh, my name is Damon. And my name is Christian. And that felt <laughs> so weird to do it that way. Well, it really should be called Damon. And uh, Damon and uh, Christian's amazing. So now I have to redo it. My name is Christian. <laughs> Say it, David. Say it. <laughs> Just because you bought the belts, my name is Damon. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. 
This has been a Drama City production. Mr. Cobblepot, you are the coolest role model a young person could have. And you're the hottest young person a role model could have. <laughs> <laughs>